Welcome to one of the Christmas editions of The Endless Stream. Each week we take some of The Endless Stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Spotify, YouTube, Netflix again, I think, Amazon Prime. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Dylan Smith. He is the host of the Heartfires Tales podcast. He is a nerd. I am a nerd. We know each other for years through uh, athletic pursuits, let's call it that. We're going to check in. He's going to tell us about his podcast, he's going to tell us about Dungeons and Dragons, he's going to tell us about his LARPing and his streaming, but on top of that we're going to talk about the movie news and the nerd news and we're going to talk about his film of choice, which was the 2019, I believe, Stephen Merchant BBC special, Click and Collect, which is good fun. It's a fun chat. It's a fun podcast, and it's something for you to listen to here on New Year's Day. I think this is when this is dropping. So, we hope you had a wonderful Christmas. We hope you had a wonderful New Year's Eve. Recover, sit back, relax, and listen to a fun chat. Okay. Um, Welcome to another episode of The Endless Stream. I will, of course, do my usual uh, intro telling everybody what to expect in the coming episode ahead of time, and they'll have heard that by now. But please welcome to the mm-hmm. podcast Dylan Smith, who uh, some people may know from Hearthfire Tales podcast. Uh, anything else I should list there? Um, you might know me from... Uh, I have a LARP YouTube channel called Fake Swords and Real Feelings. I have... Great title. Um, been on a... Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've been on another... Uh, actual play podcasts uh, doing Pathfinder called Cut from the Chronicles. I have a another podcast where I don't necessarily rate actual play shows, uh, but more kind of like review them in a kind of like a book club sense. So um, that's kind of fun. We call that a role play review, um, a TTRPG book club, essentially. And you might know me from just seeing me around the streets seeing you around the streets um this is the first time we've caught up in a long time definitely like pre-pandemic i mean we've we've chatted a little bit on instagram maybe we've been around at cons and stuff um yeah i think probably a a good while obviously we go like way back um i want to say the guts of 20 years not quite 20 years but like probably 17 years or so what age are you i am 33 33 Wow. <laughs> okay, so I, I've yeah. got a few years on you, which means I knew you because yes. I did. I knew you when you were a little springy teenager. This is yeah. it, yeah. And I started. I was doing those classes in IADT doing parkour when I was. Mm, I want to say fifteen or sixteen. Cool. Probably definitely not older than that. Wow. Um. So yeah, that's a good. So, yeah, seventeen, eighteen years so ago. So for the listeners that would have no idea, um, I went to uh, <laughs> the art college here in Dublin. Is, is this like Aiden lore for podcast they're, they're listeners? Learning. Um, I, I tend to keep my shit to myself. <laughs> Drop mostly. your I secrets. Just movies. <laughs> uh, I guess I was. I, the way I always phrase it is like I was there Gen One of parkour after Jump London, the documentary. Like did the yeah. rounds and me and a handful of idiots said this is awesome like we never got into jackass but we definitely decided to throw ourselves off the of buildings because of this fucking thing and i always put it as like we learned by we broke our fucking bodies so the people out after us didn't have to you know we figured out yeah. don't jump from this first don't do a somersault mm-hmm. this way so like i've got i bent a knee backwards i broke an ankle i've got a couple of like slightly herniated discs um i've got what the doctors called mildly advanced uh, spinal arthritis um Oof. i'm in uh, bits but so far i'm able <laughs> to power through 
And one of the things we did was we ran a free running society or parkour society in the art college. And we kept our mouths shut about the fact that there were a lot of people in that room that weren't <laughs> students. Um, yeah, that definitely felt... Um Sketch that we fuck. were skirting a lot of rules. Yeah. I remember <laughs> at one point, John Mills, you mightn't have been there that day. I don't even know if you know John Mills because there's so many years and so many people and so many names that sort of rolled into yeah, of one. Course. Um, he came in to give an announcement about like college stuff because he was like the SU president or something, you know, and he starts announcing whatever the fuck and he stops and he looks at me and went, why have you got an army of children? Yeah, because we were, we did not look college age at all. I mean... I know, okay, yeah, some college kids can look young, but, like, there was there was solidly 14-year-olds there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly not of college yeah. age. Um, um, and my rationale was, I mean, uh, nobody was asking me about any fucking qualifications. It's their fault, you know? Yeah, um, probably, <laughs> probably I, I feel very the duty fair. of care was on the college part. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I teach at that college occasionally. Um <laughs> <laughs> we can edit this out the power of podcasting yeah. um, so when i met you you were very much you were a like i don't know you had a martial arts background and you were a little gymnast yep. and you were just doing mm-hmm. wiry kick flips and somersaults and wall flips and wall runs and everything and you you probably i don't mean to diminish your current state of athleticism but you definitely wandered <laughs> towards a power lifter vibe you're you're a you're a big yeah, boy now i am i am a bit of a chunkster at the moment um but yeah like i i think like the way you were saying there you were the gen one of like parkour and free running in ireland i kind of saw myself as the gen one of like tricking Mm. and again for the uninitiated tricking is kind of like the term that some people would see it and probably just think it's free running but it's more kind of like extreme martial arts and extreme in the sense of everything is over the top and unnecessary and done for show it's very much like gymnastics mixed with taekwondo um that kind of vibe some breakdancing stuff thrown in there so like i got really really into that through my martial arts background i've been doing martial arts since i was like seven and just got really into the idea of like you know pushing my body and seeing what i can do in various different ways which is kind of you know a, a theme that's gone on all my life just in various different ways mm. as you kind of said there so how much yeah i very much can i drink yeah <laughs> pretty Speaking much and how much uh, you know how much sleep do i really need mm. to, to function on a weekday um but yeah so i very much kind of abused those classes because like they've got crash mats there oh my god that was like the mecca of what we could we, had, we even ever hope we for. had crash mats we had um like oren blackwell i feel like his name was or maybe i'm making up his last name it's been so long like he was another one of the gen one guys and he was like a breaker like breakdancing guy i feel like he's like a mm. exec in microsoft or something at this point it's been so fucking long <laughs> probably like that <laughs> shit just all fades away the sort of like fucking like mdma and fucking rave days of college but like <laughs> like we like like we got wind from some other 14 year old that new park school had just done up their gymnastics department so we like loaded up the hatchback and borrowed a trailer from someone's mom and went to a skip outside of school and took two amazing gymnastics horses that were in they weren't in bits, but they weren't like what you would call like I don't know gymnasts. They weren't new. They weren't great. <laughs> there was a lot of duct tape on them, to be fair. And pulled out a springboard or two, and then we bought some crash mats yeah. with the budget because they did give us a budget. 
Um, and we bought a chunk of scaffolding as well. We put a cage together. Yeah. I made boxes out of so much MDF in my kitchen. Like an eight-foot box being assembled in my kitchen that I then had to like dismantle <laughs> and bring up. And I'm not like an efficient carpenter. I was just like, I need this to be so fucking sturdy that no one's going to blame it. Like it can't yes. fall apart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I built like a... Yeah, you're putting like the health and safety of a lot of people in your hands with stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, very brave of you to do. And, and <laughs> because it, worked, it was right? a budget and because I was like buying materials and getting paid for labor, I had to make sure that they couldn't blame me if the thing collapsed under somebody. Yeah, for sure. So I like that thing weighed a fucking ton. It was like an eight foot tall by eight foot long uh, L-shaped box that was one meter by, yeah, by one by two meters. That's right, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Either way, yeah. it was fucking big. And um, it, like when we wanted to use it, we had to pull it out of a storeroom and it took like five people to move this weight. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I should have been studying or fucking trying to get girls or something. But like, <laughs> instead <laughs> it was... Um, but you had done that for so long because I remember obviously I went as a you know as you rightfully called me a, a springy little teenage bollocks and you know and then I kind of dropped off the face of the earth for a while in terms of a lot of my training I had um, gone to college myself and just kind of all my training kind of just fell by the wayside for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then I remember kind of getting back into it probably maybe 10 years ago maybe it feels right maybe maybe 11 12 right and you were still doing it like it was still going and i remember going like popping in for a little bit i don't know well, if you were running it, it necessarily, but it was, it was still going in a in a fashion we had kind of started it right after like this is like just laying all the fucking cards on the table of it as well like we had kind of started <laughs> it in like second or third year we had just got it running and i wanted to keep it going so like yeah. whoever was like the the most enthusiastic person in the society that year i went okay you're going to be the president next year i'm out of here yeah but like this is what we do to apply for a budget this is what we do this and the other i'll do all of this work i'll support you i'll put posters up around the place just let me take the fucking like the two euro class fee each time and if we got like yeah. 20 people in you know i made 40 euro if we got 10 people in i made it. Like, like, mm-hmm. and like i just wanted to train as much as anything else and here was a space like there's no yeah. other fucking space in dublin that was like this for free running and so no I, it was it really was genuinely ahead of its time for for such like a punk like diy project that it was mm-hmm. it genuinely was so impactful i remember there's there was times where there was easily 30 40 people yeah. in that class at it in its heyday you know mm-hmm. and as you said there was there's was nothing else like it there and even still nowadays i know um pickles is still going um him and paul are like have a uh, have joined up with some other I can't remember the name of the gymnastics gym at the moment but they're teaching parkour classes over there and then the only other thing was um, out in Maynooth yeah. um, but I don't ACB's know anywhere thing. that has like a scaffolding rig and a boxes and a couple of horses and crash mats no. and stuff and like like yeah. places make things work you do the best you can with what yeah, you yeah. got but like this was like this was being built specifically with as much stuff as I could get like they eventually moved us off to like a third they moved us to two different locations over the fucking years, but like one of them yeah. was this big white room on a little industrial estate across the road. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go to that one? That that was the one I, when I came back to it, that's where you guys were. Cool. Um, I yeah. took all of the equipment and like I cleared this place out and like I tidied like because they decided that like we do need to have some sort of space for 
athletic pursuits or societies, whatever, like yeah. being a college because... The misfits. Look, they, they <laughs> fucked up a lot. Like as an art college, they were like, no, 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 we got sports and things. And like, but they also mm. brought in so many students and then had nowhere to put them that they took the Trevor Scott Theatre, which was the room we started in initially. Yes. But then they went, oh, well, we need to use this for other things. So they put a big handrail, like a big barrier across the stage. Yeah. If you think of that room, that was a stage. <laughs> but they had a three foot yeah. fucking safety rail. Like you can't use it as a theater now. Yeah. Right? That's not a stage anymore. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then they just a, yeah. decided we've so many students, they put up partition walls and they just made it a classroom. Yes. And that, that's that why we got familiar. moved. Yeah. That's why we got moved. And then like, I was like, cool. Okay, well, let's make the best of this place. And I cleared it up like crazy. And I took all of our equipment and like Mirror's Edge, I think it just come out. And I just like, I painted everything white and gave it like a red landing surface. And I made all these yes. steps. And I was just like, I fucking love this. And I took photos of like, they're gone now, but like I took photos of the place like day one where it was just like pristine. And then nice. they decided, no, this is now a storeroom for the model making and a workshop. And there was just so much shit around yes. all the time. I remember there being constant wars of like, even at, at some point as well, then like skaters came in and they were built, using it at our time. They built a half pipe like in there. Yes. And then they were like, this half pipe's yes. not great enough. So we're going to build a bigger half pipe. And it's like, you're taking up the entire yeah. fucking space with these things. Our stuff like but stacks remember, away. Uh, yeah. I remember coming in and having to kick all of the, um, the model making students out and stuff. And they had just like, yo, bits of wood everywhere. And we're like, hmm, this isn't safe because there's like splinters and things yeah. all over. And we want to like roll on the floor yeah. and things like that. So yeah wild yeah so that slowly sort of tapered off and it, like part of it as well was just like i don't know it was post 2008 there was a fucking trouble getting jobs and and i just kept doing the thing yeah. that paid some money and like i was teaching yeah. as well and then i was doing i was working in animation as well but like mm-hmm. i don't know it was just a really good outlet i loved it um and we'd go train around the pier and stuff so that that's how i know dylan anyway um yeah <laughs> nice little um nice little detour little there recap, but yeah. I did bump into yeah. you one night in the Globe. I think I just re- I do I just that remember that it was always one of those like ago. one of those like out of context moments where you're like minding your business and then suddenly like I know you from exercise conditions and here you are. Just yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, it's like seeing a teacher outside of class and you're like, you have another life that I'm not aware of. What's this? <laughs> um, yeah, but now, uh, yeah, I. I as you said, I, I got more into powerlifting and weightlifting and things like that over the past uh, few years. Started CrossFit there in June uh, of this year. Cool. Um, I've been out of, I got uh, shoulder surgery literally right before COVID. Wow. Um, yeah, I tore my rotator cuff and my bicep tendon, uh, which wasn't a great time. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Uh, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a, um, you know, a, uh, a single incident that did it that I was like oh that's really bad I'm in pain I better go get checked out it was just like over the course of years of training I was like my shoulder is sore and has not stopped being sore for the past four months Uh, hmm I was there a specific thing you did to injure it I I was doing a lot of Olympic weightlifting and I think just uh doing snatches so in like an overhead squat position And I just, I don't think I was fully mobile and I was maybe overcompensating the way my shoulder was rotating. Um, and because I'd gone from a powerlifting background before that, I got real strong. Like I was, and still I'm like relatively strong. Yeah. And so 
I think so you were throwing my weight strength around. was overcompensating for my lack of technique yeah. and mobility and I think I just went too far into it and then by the time I had kind of slowed down got proper coaching and things like that just damage was done and was continuing to be like it was never healing and so yeah I got shoulder surgery literally right before COVID like they rang me and were like hey I'd, you're down to be to have surgery in the next three months uh, but we've had loads of cancellations as people don't want to get go to a hospital <laughs> in the in this potential pandemic do you want to come in and i was like yeah and it was perfect because like i just got to go in and then my rest period was what i thought was like oh yeah sure we'll be in lockdown for like three weeks and yeah. uh perfect perfect time i can't train anyway so i'll i'll uh i'll recover and then i just never got a good run back at training because there was like gyms opening and closing. I got into running and stuff a little bit, but it was never the same. And then um, I recently bought a house down in Wicklow here and was like, there's a CrossFit gym. Kind of always thought I'd get into it because it's kind of like a little bit athletic. It's a little bit gymnasticky. It's a little bit weighting lift, lifty, you know, kind of hit all of the boxes of kind of similar things I've been training. They got in. you doing so, the kip and yeah. pull-ups. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, all, all that kind of good stuff. Well, I haven't, I haven't gotten a kipping pull-ups yet because I can't, still can't do. You got to work very, way, yeah, They're very yeah, strict. Yeah. Um, to be like, no, you have to be able to do strict pull-ups first. Oh, and very good. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. No, they're they're very good. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't have gone to a the typical. Um, yeah. The joke was always you know, just they pull people stereo- and get them doing that kip and shit and everybody injures themselves. Yeah, exactly. I would I would never have gone to a stereotypical um, CrossFit gym, um, but I was very happy with kind of what their approach was when I was like investigating them. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is this is good. That's cool. This is good for me. So yeah, there so you go. So I let me plug in some gaps and you can um, you can tell me whether or not you want to go into this stuff. But like, okay, you went to college, but what did you do in college? Because we were very just free running. <laughs> Like, and, and did that then translate into what you do now professionally? Or what do you do these days? Not at all. Okay. Um, so I went to, I loved college so much the first time around, I went and did it again. <laughs> so what did you do the first time? Uh, I did human nutrition in UCD the first time around. Okay. And I uh, didn't finish it. Okay. <laughs> I dropped out in third year, essentially. Um, I just didn't. It was the first year that that course had run. Right. And... There was basically no, yeah, there was no prospects out of it beyond research. And I was like, that sounds like hell. <laughs> and I had, I had just done, our third year was full uh, work placement. Um, right. And like kind of like practical college work, um, practical like field work. So I was down in Cork um, helping with this uh, research project, basically seeing patients every day. We were, I was with a nurse and we were doing like, um, blood samples, BMIs, waist measurements, uh, general kind of like lifestyle check-ins and things like that. And I was like, I really, really like this kind of like practical hands-on working with people thing. This is what I went into nutrition for, you know, mm. like, you know, back into what my background was of like training so much. I was like initially interested in nutrition because of that. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I can kind of do this, you know? And then I forged your started and they were like, forget all of that you're going to do you're going to basically do research and we're going to make you do your final year thesis on nothing that your third year thesis was on because we want you to be well-rounded i was like but i chose my third year thesis and research project because i i enjoyed that aspect of it Mm. and i hated it and i got really really stressed and so i dropped out and was like i'm just going to take a break for a year Uh, ended up working i've been working part-time in the centra in bray 
and so I started working full-time there, became a supervisor there. I was like, I actually quite quite like this, again, that kind of like hands-on approach. Mm. I was like working with people, I was problem solving, all that good stuff. Yeah. So then I went and uh, Little have a, or had a kind of like a pre-graduate program where they basically sent you through college and you do a semester of college and then a semester of work placement in stores to train you up to be a store manager. Uh, and I did that worked in Little then as a store manager for like six months, then went into their supply chain team, was a supply chain project manager for two years, then I was a buyer. So I was the one, you know, the middle aisle yeah. of Little where all the random stuff is? That was me. That was my job. <laughs> Which like, yeah. You were a hero. Yeah, it was pretty exciting to be honest. Like it was wild to see just the whole like ins and outs of what that entails, awesome. you know? Um, yeah, we can delve into that a little bit. But, and then I uh, left there eventually uh, after another two years of doing that job. Worked for a media house who are a media company who own the Irish Independent um, and a few other um, newspapers right. and, thing, and businesses um, in Ireland now. They wanted to set up a web store, like an e-commerce platform okay. to basically kind of use their newspaper ads to sell products through and funnel people to the website to do it seemingly they've done this in their other countries and it's been quite successful mm-hmm. uh spoiler alert it wasn't successful <laughs> got made redundant end of last year and now i am back in supply chain again doing demand planning so yeah i've been in, kind of all around middle? the place no in a company called richmond marketing mm-hmm. so we look after brands like fulfill vit hit peroni asahi things like that so was it um was it just sorry I don't mean just, but like, was it project management stuff by the time you go to Media House? Uh, so I was brought on basically to run their e-commerce platform from a Commerce. purchasing, okay. from a kind of like a purchasing and promotional management perspective. So basically it was my job to decide, okay, it, again, it was very similar to kind of what I'd done in Little. It was like, okay, in the spring, people want gardening stuff because they want to clean up their garden after the winter. Let's get some stuff for that mm. in you know, summer, it's like people are, are going on holidays or they're spending, again, to keep the gardening theme going, they're spending more time in the garden. So let's get some products that are kind of like barbecues seasonal and, and topical barbecues. At Christmas, Black Friday, people want like, you know, gifts and things like that. Yeah. So that, so it was my job to basically plan that kind of seasonal calendar and then also, you know, source those products, promote them, market them and sell them. Yeah. Um, and it was just me and one other person That's running it. She, yeah, she ran like the the actual. She had set up the website, but um, basically she didn't have the commercial experience. So that's what I was brought in right. to manage. That's amazing. That's yeah, not what I expected you to say in any way. <laughs> yeah. um, what did you? Out of curiosity, what did you think I was going to say? Um, of the nutrition thing, I thought health training that end of things. Um, mm-hmm. I could absolutely have seen like project or, me- or like management, like so- some media end of things. But um, okay. I didn't expect commerce, I guess, you know, like supply yeah. chain stuff. Um, yeah, like full-on business. Full-on business, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. That's great. I think it's really interesting because I was in my interview for um, my current role. They were like, you know, one of the things about this job is it can get kind of samey. And I was like, perfect. I love samey. I love knowing I'm going to have the same things to do. Not necessarily day in, day out, but like my months follow the same kind of cycle. I have my 
you know, I, I know what I'm doing at the start of the month. I know what I'm doing in the middle of the month. I know what I'm doing at the end of the mm. month. And I was and I was saying, like, I'm actually really happy with that because I have so many creative outlets outside of work yeah. that kind of I get to be, I can kind of just be monotonous, get my paycheck, do my job. And then outside of work, I can, you know, go wild with creative, creative projects. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a nice mix for me. So that's amazing. And so the then um, the creative stuff. I mean, we talk about we've talked about free running and training and that sort of things, right? Like yeah. on, on the, um, I mean, like I'm an art guy. I, I see a bunch of art behind yeah. you. Are you like are you yeah. art illustration painting sculpting I or am, are you? I am not art uh, artistic at all. I would never definitely performance r- performance. Yeah. Yes, but I would never have classified or considered myself as being particularly creative for most of my life Mm. um i guess because i always associated creativity with standard art or typical art in terms of drawing illustration all you know the the very kind of like tangible aspects Mm -hmm. of it you know and it wasn't until i got into playing dungeons and dragons um probably about 10 years ago just kind of casually it was always something that was kind of like it was, it was on my periphery a lot like i'm really into nerd things yeah. all these things on, on my wall are fantasy maps mm. generally like a lot of them you know yeah. i and see the so, like, smock I've alley poster been... as well like that's that's a good that's yeah. a good time man um, yeah um that was great like not to to jump ahead but like yeah we we did a a live show this year um with the D podcast it. and it was it was unreal it was such a great like honestly one of like one of the best things i've done in my life i think you know it was just such a good experience but like i've always been into fantasy things i've always loved fantasy books um and just like you know fantasy games just like fantasy music and metal and you know power metal all that kind of stuff and so like when i started playing D &D and then i kind of instantly you know wanted to run my own games and thought i could do that that would be fun and I very, very quickly fell into like writing my own stories and writing my own encounters and, you know, playing with mechanics and kind of all this sort of stuff. And I realized, hey, this is actually pretty creative, you know? And then, you know, the the podcast side of things came out um, about three years ago now. We kind of like decided we wanted to do it. And that kind of like performance element came true because like, you know, I'm a big I'm a firm believer that in general, people don't want to just listen to a game of D&D being played because what's fun to play at your own table isn't necessarily good content, quotation marks. Mm. So like we are very kind of conscious that like, you know, we need to we need to have our audience kind of not even the back and like almost in the forefront of our mind all the time to be like, would this be something good to listen to, you know? And so kind of with that became a lot of like, okay, well... How do I get good at voices? How do we get good at acting and getting emotions out and stuff? And I'd never done drama or anything like that my entire life, you know? Um, So it was all just learning. It was all just sitting in front of YouTube being like, wow, that's how voices work? That's amazing. This is how like a very, very basic acting technique is? Wow. This is a concept of yes and. My mind is blown. All the real basic stuff. And I just deep dove and just basically taught myself <laughs> so I, I remember there was a point i don't like when you say oh three years ago i was like wait is that 
when I was that the pandemic was that before the pandemic I've looked like the pandemic messes with my head so much in terms of time yeah, loss, but you reached tr- out to me at one point to talk about like improv classes or workshops yeah or whatever. I, think, I think that was maybe about probably a year and a half ago or so okay. I would say it was probably just after um just when everything's starting to open up again I think yeah and you know it was kind of just a case of like hey i'm enjoying doing this kind of improv stuff myself but i'm sure there's loads of things i could be doing to improve because like Mm -hmm. just that whole concept like you don't know what you don't know right so like and while i'm very confident and self-confident in my own abilities my own abilities can only get me so far and there's only so much i can learn from youtube and from trial and error Mm -hmm. and like my absolute dream would be to be able to do creative things as a job you know in terms of like in the D and ttrpg sphere so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be able to do that so ttrpg is level. tabletop role-playing game tabletop role-playing games yeah cool. so okay. it's kind of like a catch-all term for what most people would just call D um cool. uh, but yeah so i mean yeah that's why i kind of i'd seen obviously you doing loads of stuff with bag of cats which is really really cool you know like um I, we kind of talked a little bit about this on instagram uh you know when we're catching up for for this but like genuinely it's 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 so cool like what you've done by even starting an improv group and then doing shows and stuff and now you're going on to i know this podcast is about me but i'm gonna gush on you for a second like the fact that you've like you know and now you're guessing with dungeons and nagons and they like they've just had like an amazing uh, steven's just had an amazing kickstarter and stuff like that so like that's a really cool thing for you and that's more than most people have done because most people haven't even gotten to the like i should sign up for a class stage and you've done all that so yeah, yeah be proud I, of yourself I, I don't know if you, <laughs> I, I am yeah i am i, I, I you want you want to you want to sit on some shit as well and, and just be like there's the irish thing where it's just like ah it's nothing but like at the same time no. like we did the full month of edinburgh fringe like we went Fucking over and did that's class man six of us like, in an apartment built for two sleeping on couches and floors and doing be improv shows every night for a bunch of drunk Scotsmen. <laughs> um, there is nothing I mean, as terrifying or when it goes wrong. I always focus on when it goes wrong, but it's like you spent the last hour flyering people into a bar going, it's great, it's a comedy show. Irish people, do you like Irish people? You don't like Irish people? Let us change your mind. <laughs> We've got the best show. And if it goes wrong 10 minutes in and you have an hour of the one narrative and you just look yeah. down at the person in the fucking 30-seat room who's looking at you as if to say, you said this was good. What the fuck? And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what happens. It's a swing and a miss at us, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's so, it's very, very natural to focus on Yeah, well, that was great stuff. Negative. was great stuff too. But but yeah. I guess the question was going to be like, did you did you go and do an improv workshop or class or something? I, I haven't gotten around to it yet. And because my, buying my house took a lot longer than expected. It, we were waiting pretty much a year since we put down our booking deposit mm. to actually getting the keys and moving in and i think i had only messaged you maybe um like four months before that okay. i want to say i want to say that was we did that in like february and i want to say that i probably messaged you towards the end of the year with the intention of being right, like oh right, right. in the yeah. new year i'll do it and then that came in and i was like well i'm not going to start something now because i don't want to be moving sure. and i don't want to start something and have to you know leave halfway through yeah. But then the house just kept getting pushed on and pushed on and pushed on. Uh, and now we've only really just kind of settled down here. Um, starting back up with 
the gym and then I've just got loads of other kind of 100%. projects on. I tell you, I would so, say, right, like I've done a bunch of additional classes since we spoke about yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. like I trained with Mob. They've got a 101, 201, 301, fucking 401. You'll be there doing yeah. six, eight week class sessions for whatever. Improv is in many ways a pyramid scheme. You buy in and you just run through the fucking thing. Um, yeah. Like, it's um, it's a lot of lovely white people with disposable income is one of the jokes I do. Yep. Um, I tried improv <laughs> before I tried comedy. Um, but it's... Um, Mob is great. They're lovely people. Their shows are great fun. You can go and do that. Kelly Shatter's classes are amazing. Okay. She's a phenomenal teacher. I've loved those. I did three fucking courses of that since last we spoke. But if you're just looking to dip your toe in, there's a thing called the Improv Playground on a Monday night, and it's just a drop-in session. And it's okay. uh, um, Neil... Oh, God, I'm going to have to drop his name in after the fact because I'm blanking on it. But Neil and Quentin, I am, they run a great fun class, and it's very it's very drop-in. It's very fun. Like, you'll get regular improv heads mm-hmm. in there, but you also get, like, people that have just moved to Dublin and want to make friends. And you get, like, sure, people who yeah. are learning English and just want to, like, socialize a bit, you know? So yeah. if you're looking for, like, a taste, it's great. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check it up. It's the... My issue is, the, like, ge- I'm geographically it, yeah. challenged. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. Uh, I only have one car. Generally, me and my wife um, will carpool into work. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would have it would have to be on a day where yeah, she decides she can work at home, that kind of thing. So, ideally, I would love to see if there's one local to Wicklow. Like, Wicklow's kind of growing and expanding a lot so it wouldn't surprise me or maybe even there's one in Bray um because I know they've like the mermaid tea they're there so there might be stuff there okay. I will find okay. one um but yeah man I just like my uh my calendar is busy jammed yeah busy like busy. I got um so like obviously we record with Half Our Tales usually like once a month and that was fine and then I spend maybe two three evenings you know a month then prepping for that and then we now we've started streaming and so that's another kind of evening a week gone and then you know and then there's like kind of like all of the the unsexy things with a podcast like hey we need to promote this we need to schedule this we need to do xxx yeah, and y I'm, I'm you know and yeah um but like it's it's such a a necessary evil i was listening to a podcast a, a while ago and it's something that stuck with me and has always stuck with me and i think will will always stick with me it was the concept of like to be successful first you got to do the work right and so mm. for for me that's obviously i need to you know play and record dungeons and dragons and then you need to work consistently so it's like okay well we were playing recording but we need to do this on a schedule to make sure that we're hitting release dates every two weeks and then you got to do hard work and the hard work is the stuff that you don't like to do or that you're bad at or that you keep putting off and that's social media that's promoting that's you know whatever it is for you and then you got to do that hard work consistently and i just kind of i constantly find myself in between that hard work and hard work consistently kind of element um so yeah it's rough <laughs> but it's kind of whenever I'm talking yeah. to the guys, it's it's just like it's hard work consistently, guys. Hard work consistently, and it's it's hard. It's in the name, but mm-hmm. yeah, I do the um, um, like I do the edit on this. We record and I do the edit, and then I do a bit of art to go with each thing. And I know that the yeah. social media is the gap I'm missing, and I try and get yeah. a post up there, like, but it's just like it just falls, and I should be like there daily. Like, okay, what's your what's your requirement? Is it a daily post? 
in your head or is it a this this is um this is something that we're actually actively looking at we are possibly going to like hire someone to do like a consultation like session with us to be like hey what's wrong with our social media how do we do it but i know in my heart of hearts that ideally you never let us you should always have a story up you know and that's just Mm. sharing other people's stuff because you got to build a network first right you got to have other people sharing your things as well so mm-hmm. it's sharing things constantly. It's slice of life because for podcasts and things like that, people need to like who you are first to really mm-hmm. care about buying into, you know, you. At least that's what I found for TTRPGs and D&D podcasts because yep. just personality just driven. Thousands of them. Yeah. Personality driven, you know. Yep. Um, Smosh Media, you know, those like YouTube sketch comedy guys they re- they were just like oh yeah we're gonna do a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and instantly got like 120,000 views on within like an hour of their first thing and it's like people want to see the people they like do things right so you gotta be likable and so part of that is oh, social media I know yeah fuck it it's tough <laughs> but like so the what what I ideally would like to get to is like uh, a story up every single day and then we have enough between a bi-weekly podcast and a bi-weekly stream and then kind of other random things that we do. Uh, we've now moved to video content. Obviously, streaming is is video. But we're now moving to video podcasts as well that ideally we get at least, you know, two to three clips. We could get more, but you don't want to be, you know, overrunning things. You only pick, like, the best clips. Two to three clips of, like, hey, did you – have you got a chance to check out our episode yet? Here's one of our, our favorite moments for it. And then also in ahead of it to be like, oh, new episode dropping on Sunday. You got this to look forward to. Here's another clip. Yeah. Um, here's this kind of, here's the clip that our friend so-and-so clipped Loved, live yeah. from our our stream. You know, shout out to them, building the network kind of thing. But like, it's just, it's so much work, yeah. you know? Like we, um, we just got like sponsored, well, kind of sponsored there. We got sent out a gift by Hasbro. Right. Um, and it's like, you know, it took me 45 minutes to get myself set up, write out a little script, practice the video a couple of times, do it, edit it up, post it to social media for one post, you know? And it's like, that's when you've come home and it's, you know, you've come home and it's like six, you've gone yeah, to the man. gym and it's like half seven, you've done that and it's like half eight, nearly nine, because, you know, you've had to like eat and take care of body functions you know it's like oh my day is done and i got and i made a single social media post so i'm a really really big we're trying to like push just like everything needs to be easier like and kind of stop you know sacrificing good in the pursuit of perfect so it's like hey if we can get away with just doing a quick yo what's up we're in the studio um can't wait to record this episode see you all later you know if it's a little ropey and shaky, it's human. People don't mind that, I don't think, anymore. I think in, like, mm-hmm. at least with the media that we probably grew up with, like, everything was a little bit kind of, like, tighter and more produced. And not that, like, there's not heavily, heavily produced stuff by, like, the big people. Um, it's, I don't know, I think there's just a lot to be said about that kind of, like, human approach. So, yeah, trying to get that through. And, and well, like, I, I love that. Like, I, like, I, too, like, when you say a little ropey and a little human result like part of what I bristle about with what podcasting has become is that like I loved how fucking 
like pirate radio it was like anyone with a phone could record something and away you go but by the time now it's like a three camera setup with dedicated sets that they alternate in depending on which podcast they're doing that week it's like how is this not a tv show oh you have a producer and an editor yeah. and a fucking distributor and a marketing person it's like what the fuck like that's yeah. tv guys you've you've you're you're <laughs> I, I i i appreciate the drive towards quality but what you're doing is you're pricing us out of the medium to yes, a degree 100 percent. it is um yeah, it, it's very much can be a you know pay to win model for podcasting. You're like if you can afford, if you can afford a good editor, mm. even just good mics, because mm. like something that I discuss in my like actual play review show is like there's like a you know the concept of like a hygiene factor. Um, so in like business psychology, a hygiene factor is something that will like motivate people if it's at a certain level and mm. then after that it doesn't really do anything but below that people right. won't be motivated so usually that's like pay right. so it's like if you're getting paid enough to cover all your bills and stuff an extra you know five ten percent on that is probably not going to make anyone any happier an extra 50 60 percent okay now we're talking maybe i'm going to be a little bit more motivated to do my job i kind of think of audio quality that same way where it's like right as long as it's as long as it's somewhat clear you got you're there but then you know that level is going up and up and up because of the things you said because so many more people yeah. and, and you get like and you know media house did it too where they just they have a studio they'll go hey you know the carl henry health podcast i don't know if you know it it's mm. there's some call i think he was like operation transformation i don't know right popular things but he's like one of the trainers on there and they basically made that podcast to promote Leia Healthcare. Right. And they were like, okay, we have all this equipment because we're a multi-million, like billion dollar company, yeah. or, you know, your own yeah. company. Let's get the best equipment. Let's get the best person in the business and let's put out a podcast. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's stuff like that that you're... Oh, it's a professionally produced radio show. With. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so it's, it's, it's very hard for us as the little guys to kind of... Yeah, there's You're a like, well, like we've got the... a spunky attitude. We can do it. <laughs> so D and D is your your creative outlet and your love and your Twitch streaming. You Twitch streaming D and D content or are you playing games like this? D and D content. So we started up another campaign um, that Jim is the DM for. Cool. Um, so he's running it. Um, it's called the Wizard of Wild Space. It is essentially the Wizard of Oz turned into a D and D campaign nice. set in space. Um, it's it's very fun. Um, I'm playing a little auto gnome um, as the Tin Man. Oh, okay. We have we have like a, a Leonin cowardly rogue um, who's like which is like a lion person. We have an awakened scarecrow, and then we have a there's a race called the Hadozi, which are essentially just flying monkeys. Um, and so we are. Like now, the Hadosi has just had a bright yellow vision that seems to have like seared into his mind. That is now basically guiding him to where he thinks we should go because we have to basically follow the yellow brick road. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's so um, fun. So it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's yeah. I mean, Twitch was like a, an avenue that we hadn't gone in. I I watch twitch streams not a whole lot but like a fair bit it's kind of like if i've got if i'm kind of not watching anything or i only have maybe like an hour and i'm just kind of chilling or playing a game or maybe just 
put Twitch on in the background, you know? Um, yeah. Usually to kind of just watch comfort games of games I know, like old RPGs and things. Mm. Um, I love that. But yeah, D&D is, is where I spend a lot of my time and energy. It is good when you get a job. Not that this is you, but it was me. Where you've got a job where it's like, I could do this work in three hours. Yep. And the rest <laughs> of this job is the Bag of Cats production company. Um, yeah, like I, I get I get all my stuff done and I'm very good at what I do. Um, Stop there. And yeah, That way I don't have to edit anything else. <laughs> um, uh, what do you mean? Nothing has been edited from this nothing podcast. Nothing has been edited from this podcast. Uh, so, um, all right, well then, the, the, the end of the stream then is uh, media. But is there anything else, sorry, before I move us abruptly onto other topics, is there anything else you want to plug or talk about or... I mean, you got married, yeah, you bought a house. That's a, an amazing update for me again, as we haven't <laughs> spoken in, in so long, other than just like social yeah. media sh- ships in the night. Um, yeah. Congratulations on I both mean, fronts. Thank you. Thank you very much. Obviously, children are the next happy. port of call. Probably don't think we're going to have kids. Yeah. Um, I know the feeling. Man. Just, yeah. Um, Those are the people I just, associate with. Non-child havers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you it's don't need very to make much... Any, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Like, I think it's a lot of people. At least what, what we talked about is, you know, I think having kids can be really, really fulfilling for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I've got, we have, we both of us have so many things D&D in our lives. Yeah, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I can't have a kid hanging out of me when I'm trying to, you know, plan what the hoots force are after. Like, it's, it, you know, they just don't get it. It's priorities. Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> they're going to choke on the dice and everything it's just it's a it's a disaster just to happen, drop a really. kid in the wild it will be raised by i don't know the half orc like this is it and then if it finds I, its way back in, it joins the party in 20 years t- in 20 years time i interviewed a kid that i left in a jungle mm. and he'd be like okay tell me what happened to you this is now my next D campaign exactly exactly <laughs> you know it's a good system, it's a good system. <laughs> um so we tend to talk about um, if Kev had his way, solely nerd news. If Scruff had his way, um, we would just sit quietly for <laughs> 40 minutes and then say goodnight. Um, but um, I push us towards like movies, media books. Like I try and take it like, sure. I don't try and dwell 100% on the nerd stuff. I'm a giant nerd. You can see the Marvel c- c- stuff yeah. behind me. But like I'm a big, I love just cinema and art and, and the whole fucking lot. Right. I mean, like. I watched burlesque recently. That's yeah. a thing I put myself through. Um, <laughs> uh, so keeping this kind of timeless and dateless, um, let's just round out 2023, really. So, like, can you think of, uh, is there a particular TV show that took your fancy in 2023? Something that stood out. It's okay to say no, also. You're really putting me on a spot here, Aiden. <laughs> um, I think, so here's the thing. I... I generally don't actually watch a whole lot of TV or films. The, I would say a solid 70% of the TV that I watch is stuff that my wife has on. Okay. And I come home and I'll be playing a game and I'll half osmose like whatever she's been watching and she will happily admit she won't mind me saying this she watches a lot of crap cool <laughs> like, so what's the last thing that you you um passive absorbed um well no to be fair i i started as uh, the new scott pilgrim um cool that's a great the animated series um last night i was really enjoying that uh 
we both of us watched Gen V and really enjoyed that. And I watched the first episode of Invincible and I just haven't gotten around to season two continuing on. Yes. Yeah. Season two. Okay. Um, that was one of the first things it, we talked about on this podcast was Invincible. I'm a huge Invincible fan. I bought the, I bought a 75 cent copy of Invincible number one from a bin out of Forbidden Planet back when they used to like take a red marker and run it across wow. half the page. And it annoys me so much that it's so fucked as an issue yeah. because it was in the bin because no one bought Invincible because nobody bought that fucking book. And I read it and I went, this is class and it's drawn beautifully and I wish I'd had the fucking wherewithal in that moment to go and buy uh, number one again, fresh, clean yeah. somewhere because like they printed a low number of those and mm. it, like what that book then went on to do over the next couple of hundred issues. Like it's, it's one of my favorite. Anyway, sorry, I've, I've distracted you. And um, it's one of my favorite. No, I, 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 I love that. I love when people are, are passionate about things. Mm. <laughs> um, but like they're kind of like the, the main kind of things I, I, I've, you know, actively wanted to go and watch, you know, things I've been kind of yeah. like, oh yeah, cool, great, I'll, I'm going to watch this. I think, and I don't know if it's, you know, it's kind of which came first here, you know, it's a chicken and egg situation where have I become really, really busy and I don't have time for things or I kind of feel as well that I have a lot of kind of like media burnout because I obviously was really, really into all the Marvel stuff. And I remember being so into all of like the series and things that come out and like I haven't I think um Miss Marvel or whatever the the Marvels um the not the the series Miss Marvel not even the film Miss Marvel <laughs> I think that was the last series I watched last um you know Marvel, yeah. limited um thing I watched and like I loved Loki and I just I've had no major desire to go watch the second season and i and i and again i don't know if it's just because over the past year or so there's just been an absolute bombardment and i would have i was you know someone who religiously went on release weekend to all of these mm-hmm. movies and things mm-hmm. like that yeah and i just i feel so burnt out from it i think that i was just kind of like i'm just it felt like a chore to keep up with everything that i just didn't yeah. and i probably then spent my time Doing other things, playing video games. Um, the series got to a point where there like was there was a new episode of a series every week. Yeah. And then it became a release of a film at the end of that. And then a Star Wars series would begin. And then yes. the next Marvel series would begin. And we've had like three and or two and a half years of just like, they've got something in your eye line every week. Yeah. And if they didn't, we'd anticipate more. And also the quality would be standing up. Because at the moment, it's just kind of gone to fucking pot. I, I want to say that Loki was great. I want to say you'll enjoy Loki season two. Yeah. But really, given what they set up in season one, for me, they abandoned a lot of the potential and they spend okay. about five episodes just running around chasing a, like a doohickey, like a, there's a, there's a mm. MacGuffin, there's a like, yeah, there's yeah. a thing to build and it's like, this <laughs> is time wasting. By the end yeah. of it, it's beautiful. I loved the ending, mm-hmm. but like, there's a lot of running around in circles for, to no avail i'm like why are you making me watch this you had you had a three episode season here yeah and it's so interesting because like loki season one and you know a lot of like the kind of earlier stuff there was buzz after the fact as well Mm. you know when people would be talking about it and be like oh yeah you know people had there was breathing room Mm -hmm. a chance to like digest it and kind of absorb it um 
and now there's, there's not that and it's kind of like no no here's content in your eyes and ears all mm, the time consume 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 and you know don't don't worry about it and yeah i know i think it's just it's jaded me a lot but like to go back to your original question um gen v loved that was really really good i'm a really big fan of the boys um in general i love the satire of it i it's just you know all the performances are class it's just it's very enjoyable i think i so much so that i got me to read comics again and then i realized the boys comic is dirt so i stopped reading that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and was like i'll stick to the show (laughs) yeah um so yeah a good idea they built on yes for sure um but yeah because it's so um obviously the whole like evil Uh, superman thing is so overdone like it's 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 such a trope done to death, but like I think I just enjoy. The but I don't think it was element. even until Invincible. I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, we got Bizarro, like, maybe. Oh, I suppose you're right. Like, there's like the Sun Superman from Superman. Then there's 4. that like, and then but even like in other media, there was like you know that Brightburn movie. Sorry, I'm talking shit. Hmm. Yeah, but like there, there, there's a lot of it, you know. And hmm. so I like yeah, that right. it's not just evil Superman. It's the it's you know evil consumerism and capitalism you know and that's the you know superheroes are the vehicle for that and which i think is just like a nice um spin on other than har har superman evil you know (laughs) so yeah um, yeah uh the um the scott pilgrim show you said you just started that did you just watch one episode two episodes how'd you get uh, i think i watched three or four i can't remember again cool the culture of binging things meant that I was playing Total War Warhammer on my laptop while that was in the background. And I actually was like, I'm going to go back and rewatch it because I was really enjoying the visuals. And I was like, okay, finally something that I want to pay full attention to, which mm-hmm. I think is such, um, I don't know. And I don't know if that's a me problem and maybe I just have ADHD that I need to get sorted out. <laughs> but like, you know, it, I think it's become, at least it's become so natural for me to multitask when I watch or consume media. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm uh, like but, fucking iPad. I'm just always drawing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but hey, at least that's productive and it's not just, you know, Sometimes. scrolling or something. <laughs> But I think, you know, I think Scott Pilgrim was actually, I was like, I really am enjoying the animation style. I love that it's like, you know, real anime-esque, but... Yeah. It's got know, a real handcrafted vibe to it as well. Like, I don't know yeah. if they're using a rig or, or, or like if they're using like traditional style like animation, but there's something mm. kind of like, they've done a good job of hitting the like janky handmade vibe off it as well. Like, yeah. Um it's just got yeah it's got real kind of the comic vibes off of it and it's just like i'm really enjoying this and i'm doing myself and it a disservice to not give it my full attention you know and it's Um, i'm i'm only i think i'm only on the third episode but like i don't know where it's going yeah me neither which is really interesting i was like oh okay this is cool i was fully prepared Um, for them to be just like well it's 15 years later or 10 years later or whatever the fuck it is you know it's like let's just do another swing at it animated and it's like oh no no they're actually like reevaluating this and trying something a little different and looking at even very early on the idea that like like this is a book i wrote you know for brian lee o'malley this is a book i wrote 2004 
I've come yeah. a long way. Mm. Maybe the idea that this woman would sit back and let a bunch of men fight over her and that these people have it in their head that they might even be entitled to ownership of her if they do. We Like, like it's, it's him so, sort of I revisiting think- his ideas. 100% I, I think the league is portrayed so interestingly in that it's like and look I, obviously there's a lot of there's a lack of media literacy in the world but mm-hmm. like I think it would be very hard to look at how the league is portrayed and not realize these guys are idiots mm. like the, like they they have their priorities completely wrong they're not good people they you know and it's like I think it's very clearly framed in a way of like you know okay obviously they're called the evil exes but i mean like beyond that it's like you know hey why do you feel entitled to be able to fight over a woman Mm -hmm. you know who has her own agency and everything so it's yeah Yeah. it's i I mean i'm pretty early into it as i say but it is interesting even culturally to have an artist look at their own work and be able to re-examine it i mean i'm assuming he's involved and i gotta go double check that I'm, whether somebody's I'm doing not, it for them he's de- he's definitely credited on it yeah. so i mean i would yeah i, I would hope <laughs> yeah i would hope <laughs> I, like, that I somebody think... else isn't reevaluating his work for him but sure to yeah. me it's fascinating that like somebody it's not getting to like 25 30 40 years later and people are looking back going look at this fucking asshole and what he thought about love and relationships and infatuation yeah it's somebody within their own life hitting a point where they're just like oh yeah i was i was a kid and this was like a take I had on relationships and and love and possession and 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 yeah infatuations and um, fighting over somebody even being a thing, um, and how he is in relationships with knives like they they really yeah. go out of their way to go like uh, they just hang around each other but they've not been in any way intimate so Scott is immediately off the well immediately yeah, off yeah. the hook it's still a little like he needs to end this sort of association a little bit or make draw some clear boundaries but it's like interesting that they're just like let's put a line but, like, on that real also, quick yeah but they're also not trying to apologize for it either and they're not trying to apologize for him yeah. and he's definitely being portrayed in a very kind of like like a raw way to be like hey this guy's kind of problematic mm. you know he's you know essentially abusing uh was it wallace's you know kindness yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and friendships he's you know okay yes they're very clear that like oh they've only held hands once or something like that but yeah. like he's still dating a girl who's like six years younger than her and in yeah. school you know it's um and then you know when he's 40 and she's 36 that or 35 you know whatever yeah, but when he's 20 and she's 15 issue yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um and yeah unfortunately we all have had experience with like we know people who right. like you know been in those situations um and like yeah so it's kind of nice to see it i get a spotlight shone on it being like hey re-examine this <laughs> you know to have, yeah the, the artist has the opportunity to reevaluate his own work and, and recontextualize it and hopefully make something new and better of it and have yeah. the original exist within the context that it was created, which is, you know, from sure. that of a much younger creator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, um. <laughs> and whenever I, whenever I wander into this end of sort of conversation or, like, hit a point like that, I think of this scene in 30 Rock where Kenneth and Tracy are talking about, like, Israel and Palestine or something or misogyny. I can't remember what the fuck they were talking about, but Kenneth asks a question and Tracy goes, Ken... 
I think the two of us have wandered into intellectual deep waters, and if you cling to me, we are both going to drown. <laughs> that is a very good quote. <laughs> so, so moving on, um, is there a movie that you enjoyed this year? God, is there a movie? Not, not necessarily a favorite. Any movie you enjoyed this year? Yeah. So, um, the last movie I—I'm actually pretty sure it's the last movie I watched—is um, a TV film called Click and Collect. <laughs> we're getting we're getting straight to it. This is this is the the yeah. subject that you asked to talk about this um this week. I so mean, tell us about it. I mean, phrasing it that I asked to talk about it is strong. I'm just gonna put that out there for my I, own. I, I gave you all of cinematic history. And <laughs> you said, did. You what did. would you like and, us to talk about? And this was the only thing I could think of a a 50 minute straight to TV film with Stephen Merchant <laughs> and Asim Chowdhury. Yeah, that's just a rip-off of Turbo Man. <laughs> like, it's just Turbo Man in the UK. <laughs> and it's great. Right down but, to them ending up in the costume. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's... <laughs> I'm pretty sure they even self-referred to it in, yeah. in the film. But, like, Matt, you're, like... Because you're asking me, like, oh, what do you want to do? And, you know, it's... Okay, we don't want to put a, a date on this, but, you know, it is a time of year where it's dark outside early. Yeah. I mean, I said, <laughs> I, I look, I said, look, given given that we're this will be a December released, if there's something seasonal you like, or if there's just anything you like movie-wise, this is cool. I want to talk about this. I've got, <laughs> I do have stuff to, to say on this. Not a lot of stuff, but like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> this, it's not the film you could do a real intellectual deep dive on so we're we're avoiding um the 30 rock scenario here thankfully <laughs> christ yeah but i guess is there anything else in the year that you watched it can be let's, is there let's anything just else in let's just touch on anything else just to get it out of the way so, Shit, so did you go to came did you go to the cinema this year y- you know i i actually don't know if i did wow okay which cool. is wild yeah I, no sorry i i lie no, sorry, I, I majorly lie. <laughs> I've been to the cinema twice. Okay. Um, did the D&D m- movie come out this year? Oh. Well, see, Madeline the other week, um, I will answer that immediately. Uh, Madeline the other week um, was saying that she's kind of not going to the theater because being American when she was growing up, there started to be a lot of shootings at theaters. So she stopped going to theaters oh, and feeling yeah. comfortable. That's an interesting reason. Um, I don't have that excuse. No, we don't have that excuse. <laughs> You're 100% right. The D&D movie came out this year. Okay. So I could this talk is, about this that. Is, this is I'm, on fucking brand for you. Did you <laughs> enjoy is, it? I did enjoy it. So we actually um, we got invited to the premiere of it um, through great. the podcast. Yeah, we we helped um, the uh, promotion company Entertainment One do a few giveaways at Dublin Comic Con and things like that. So we were running giveaways to win tickets and goodie bags and and that kind of thing. And then so we also got brought to the. Uh, the premiere um which was great it was a really really cool experience and my first like ever premiere um which is i got a awesome i got a like table talk or sidebar you on on how the fuck (laughs) that happens because i'm 137 episodes of us talking in about anything movie related and anything television related do i just need to talk about like just marvel forever to get to marvel or what what do i gotta um, do to get to one of these things but let's just keep talking about the movie for the minute i'll i'll take yeah, my marketing woes to you on a separate yeah <laughs> we can set up go to the patreon podcast. to hear me fucking cry <laughs> yeah. um so yeah uh the D movie um great fun it was like i went in expecting very little mm. um 
I expected a, you know, campy, cheesy action movie. And that's what we got. But there was genuinely some, like, excellent, like, cinematographical scene, or whatever that word is, scenes. I like your word better. Thanks. I I made it up. (laughs) You can can have it if you want. Cinematographical. Cinematographical. There was an og sound in there. I loved it. Go on. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good cinema stuff. And, like, that scene of, like, the... um, where they're using the hither thither staff to do the the heist yeah. and you know it's just like the heist and the wagon really really well done like really well choreographed and everything was just like huh this is good like this it's it, it was genuinely a good movie you know yeah. like it's not gonna you know win awards or anything but like it's like, a good had there film been, had there been one or two D movies previously I know I saw the one way back there, I think there was there was one I want to say in like the early two thousands, right? Something like that. Um, I don't think I've watched that. Um, it's, it's not good. I remember watching. I've it. I've, I, I've heard it's terrible. So I was like, you know what? I can do without that. <laughs> um, and at the time, I wasn't into D anD D anyway, so I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I was really good. And then the second time I I can remember being this in the cinema and. I would 100% have been to the cinema other times this year. I just can't remember them or they haven't been memorable. But we also got invited that's, to nah, the... That's uh, good enough. Yeah, we also got invited to the Ahsoka premiere um, through Geek Garland, um, who we've kind of like done a, a few bits with as well. Um, cool. So they premiered the first two episodes of that. Uh, and that was cool. So I have been to cinema. That's not a film though. But <laughs> um, yeah, and then like I've probably... Like, I mean, going back to what we're talking about, Marvel movies, er, like, earlier on in the episode, I I, I threw on uh, Far From Home or whatever the, the latest Spider-Man was with the, the crossover event. No um, Way Home. No Way Home, yes. Threw on that as a as background noise filler one night for myself. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a wild year for me in terms of, like, lack of media consumption. Because generally, I, generally I would... Um, watch a lot more uh, things like that but I, I really just think it's between burnout uh, of content, you know, yeah, oversaturation of, of content and then just I've just been genuinely out the wazoo with, with stuff I know we're not to go back on other things but like I've recently got invited by my friend who runs an audio drama called No Return shout out to Kier he wanted to do so he runs an audio drama that was he originally started writing and performing and getting people in. I've done some voice acting for it. Like he wanted to do a, like a D and D game in that world, and he wanted and you know produce it as a podcast, and he wanted me to to be the DM for it. So like even with just like random other things like that that have come up, I just I don't know all my time it seems to go to that type type of thing. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I'll guarantee after we hang up i'll be like oh yeah no i've actually been to the cinema like five times and here's exactly what it is and i'll text you and i'll send you a voice note and i'll be like dylan actually went to this this and this i'll put it in (laughs) um there were three direct-to-dvd dungeons and dragons movies one in 2000 one in uh 2005 and one in 2012 and they do seem to be a connected universe oddly enough Um, wow dungeons and dragons Dungeons and Dragons. Who was the lead in that first one? That first one was the kid from like Lois and Clark Superman who played Jimmy Olsen. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> his name is Justin Whalen. Wow. Um, Not that's hilarious. Yeah, that was going to be his like launch. Marlon Wayans, Thora Birch, she was kind of climbing at that point. Um, Jeremy Irons, the villain. Like this could Jeremy have been Irons. Good. That that's the one that like obviously I'm uh, like I'm in a lot of kind of like D and D circles and stuff. And when the movie was coming out, there was so much talk about it. And the one line that I just kept seeing online over and over and over again was, as long as it's better than that one with Jeremy Irons. <laughs> so Yeah, but like, I mean, uh, look, I, I Jeremy Irons, I saw him do like a master class at the Galway Film Cla- Fla um, in like 2007. We just went and sat in like Town Hall Theatre and like it was really a small theatre and him on stage talking about his whole career. And he sometimes... Sometimes you're doing a fantastic piece of cinema where you really have to think and dig deep and do the work and build your character. And sometimes you go to Budapest and stand on a tower and stare at an imaginary dragon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... um, Czech Republic, sorry. Um, Budget 45 million, box office 33. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) It's it's the Michael Caine quote, isn't it? I never saw Jaws 3, but I saw The House of Bought. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, I mean, everyone's got to do things for a paycheck, right? That's that's it. Don't we all? Uh, all right. Well, then let's, let's turn to click and collect. Um, yes. So, so tell me what you like. <laughs> tell, tell me, <laughs> tell me why this spoke to you on a, an emotional level. I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, it's just a bit silly, isn't it? They just—it's <laughs> just popped up on Netflix, right? It came out in two thousand and eighteen. Yes. Oddly enough, yeah. I would have—I would have thought it came out last year, but that's what the pandemic did to yeah. my brain. Yeah, no, it it feels like it could have come out last year. Well, I watched it when it first came out. I watched it when wow. it first aired. Um, so, anyway, you, you talk. <laughs> so, you know, you know, we'd been talking about like, oh, if there's something seasonal you wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And really, I think, you know, this is, this is way too deep of a commentary now to give this movie. But I think Christmas for me <laughs> is like... I've I've never been hugely into Christmas. Like I like it, but like it was it wasn't a huge thing in my house. Like sure. when I um when I was still living at home for the past like for for the last six years when I was living at home, we didn't have a full Christmas tree, and we just the three of us because there was only me and my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an only child. There was no other kids. There, I like there was not really many younger cousins or anything like that. And if we went out, we'd always go to someone else's house because, you know, our house wasn't, wouldn't have been big enough to um, to host everyone. And so we yeah. just never really had the kind of like, the Christmas buzz. And so I think I became very kind of like cynical about Christmas in a way that all kind of just seemed a little tacky and things like that. And so I think that kind of aspect of it, you know, is in Click and Collect, but it's done in a very like, self-aware way i think like i think they i don't know they know this is just a kind of cheap and cheery movie that's barely got a plot that's just got some fun kind of scenes everything is just kind of like a little bit you know like okay yeah it's just Stephen merchant playing the same character he plays in every single film or Mm. every single (laughs) role and it's just it's just a little bit of fun and i think for Mm. me i think i resonated a little bit with that because i'm like yeah that is kind of what christmas is about it's just about being a little bit like you know a little bit naff a little bit campy a little bit kind of just like look we're gonna put on the airs for it it's it can be as much as you 
want to read into it or yeah. put value into it. Yeah. Um, and so kind of when I was watching that, I was like, you know what? This was fun. I, I enjoyed watching it and... I will also enjoy seeing family and friends at Christmas. And it's as be- as much kind of enjoyment that you get out of that is what matters. So I think so much of that Christmas is so artificial anyway. So it was, it was kind of refreshing to see one that was like, we're not even going to stretch this out to 90 minutes. It's a TV film. It's it's 53 minutes 53 long. 53 minutes. And, it's got room for commercials. Like, can this you imagine ad- watching that with a break every nine minutes and having to sit oh. through three and a half minutes of ad for insurance and life insurance and whatever <laughs> fucking so toy is, and then have to come back and watch another fucking ten minutes, and then it's like, <laughs> like coming up on Channel Four and the same ident playing before and after each break starts, and then oh. Whiskers makes the best food for cats this Christmas at M and S. The Th- same set yeah. of ads three times yeah. in an hour. Like, whatever streaming did for us, it <laughs> oh, cut that um, out, right? Yeah. Um, like... I'm, I, I'm, it's very... Look, it's Jingle All The Way. You said that, right? He has yeah, to yeah. buy a present for his daughter. He fucks it up. Yeah. And then it's road trip to get the present with, like, a plucky sidekick that's kind of driving him nuts. Yeah. And, you know, at every step of the way, when something can go wrong, it does go wrong yeah. until there is a mysterious man who may or may not be um, Father Christmas who comes and saves the day with you know the pound that the plucky sidekick mm. because he had the spirit of Christmas in his heart all along yeah. comes and, and gives to them so that they can get the toy for you know the daughter and it's just like it's so yeah, it, I, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, is a review, isn't it? Um, <laughs> this is why I play D&D and don't make movie podcasts. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it yeah, is. yeah. Um, so I did watch this in 2018, <laughs> probably on Christmas Eve. I like Stephen Merchant. I've always liked him more than Ricky, even, like, like as a duo. I just like his sort of acerbicness, but also he's like, he just feels like a nicer chap. Um, mm-hmm. I hated him. I hated his character in it. I hated the neighbor because the neighbor can't be that fucking oblivious to the fact that he's just trespassing and being fucking pushy. Yeah. I hated the, like, fucking heavy-handedness of us like well i don't get to see my kids this christmas but if i could do anything it's like you're not a real fucking person you were a cartoon character i hated that they wouldn't just talk to each other like human beings and express discomfort disinterest just just have a a human conversation at any point and you will eliminate a lot of these fucking mishaps and misunderstandings if anyone just had a fucking human conversation and then uh, all the while it's like this is just fucking jingle all the fucking way and he just brings back the fucking... And then they all just have a fucking laugh. Now, that was 2018, Aiden. <laughs> Ever since the vaccine, I've been a little less smart. And... <laughs> um, fucking five years later of, like, life crushing down on me, I put it on yeah. today and I had a ball. I loved it. I knew what I was watching this time as opposed to getting yeah. hit with it for the first time. And, like, they're so... Un- like, they are so kind of immediately unlikable. Even the guy that's, like, supposed to be kind of adorable, I'm like, you know yeah. you're not supposed to just put fucking Christmas lights up on someone else's house. You, yeah. you, like, you're not an idiot. Check if the car is petrol or diesel before feeling it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, don't yeah. think no you can No wonder your wife and kids left you, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> don't, think you, don't think you can drive through a clearly, f- massively flooded... It's a fucking lake. 
lean. Yeah, and it's just like it's yeah. it's just you know, and like whatever about caricatures being you know a necessary evil sometimes when you're trying to like establish things very quickly. Yeah, man, they they went right to the top yeah. like they they couldn't have gone further with how just you know flanderized instantly these characters were yeah. you know yeah big big swings right out the gate but i sincerely mean that i don't know what the fuck's happened to me in five years but watching it this time like i just i don't have the energy to hate um <laughs> i I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it i really i'm glad you that mentioned resonates it. with me a lot because like as i said i, I watched it and i was like this is a terrible movie, but I enjoyed watching it anyway yeah. because, you know, it's it's not trying to be anything it's not. It's just a bit of, like, cheesy Christmas fun where everything happens okay in the end. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's just what it is. I'm sorry. I'm going to repeat myself. It, it is, is what, what it is, is, Satan. It is what you it know? is. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't fault it. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it this time. I, I loved the scene, I like, the scene, I think it felt long for me the first time I watched it, because there's that scene where they get to the little girl's bedroom. You had to watch all those ads. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, like, I don't know why it felt that long, but, like, like they go, they finally get to pick up the toy, but realize that someone they spoke to along the way, like, swiped their ID and got in ahead of them yeah. and took the fucking thing, and they track that person back to their house, and he's dressed in a Santa hat with his beard and Steve Merchant is dressed as a giant elf and they're breaking into a little girl's room <laughs> and trying to steal this toy and then they have that moment where they realize what they're doing wrong and they see that she loves this fucking thing and they're not going to steal it from her and they yeah. just put it back and look up and she's looking at them and they just go shh and he goes ho 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 and they leave I'm like oh that's beautiful fucking roll credits go home but then there's yeah. 10 fucking more minutes of them in a fucking <laughs> service station it's like end end that was it end there you know i i i when i was watching it fully expected it to end it was just they were going to you know just do a, a bit of b-roll to get them back home they were going to just kind of look sad and depressed mm. and they were going to be like well look we tried and actually christmas is about family it's not a thing yeah. but no have Enter. the daughter go i'm just happy you're here dad Anyway. Yeah, enter the, the C-plot of, you know, the psychic being like, no, we should give this homeless man the money yeah. and him coming back so that they can win it in a claw machine that, you know, no one else had seen, even though it was in that same service station where the ID got robbed. And so your one could have seen it and clearly people around there want it. And it's just oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's that. That's the frustrating thing like this. I can very enthusiastically and energetically tell you why I hated it in 2018. And all I can say in 2023 is I really enjoyed it. I had so much fun. It was nice seeing Steve Merchant's character soften. It was nice seeing um, was Dev was this name. Dev just become like Dev, a, yeah. a sweeter guy. Get brought around for the Christmas party. Um Man, good choice. You kind of made my day a little bit. I was, I was, I was sitting here like I'm, I'm painting up Christmas presents for people, and and like got that on. And like this is fun. I'm glad. I enjoyed this. I had a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> this is a blast. Great. I'm so glad that you actually got enjoyment out because when I said it, I was like, God, I'm gonna. If he goes and like you know does his due diligence as a 
you know, a serious podcaster, he's going to mm. go and watch this and I'm going to feel real bad that I've made him do that. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed it. I'm like, I, like it, again, if you listen to any of these episodes, I'm the on the fence guy, you know? Okay. Kev loves everything. Scruff thinks everything's shit. And I'm like, okay, I can see the good. I can see the bad. That's a middle ground. Um, the, the extent to which we shit on things is probably why Marvel isn't inviting us to the fucking premiere of like... <laughs> probably. <laughs> the, the way we tore Ahsoka apart for like six weeks in a row is probably why we're not getting to that. What a yeah, boring probably. show. You don't have to nod. You don't have to smile. You don't have to agree. Why am I watching Ahsoka and I care about Sabine Wren and Ezra Bridger? Like, and then they're going to do the Sabine Wren and Ezra Bridger show and all I'll care about is the fucking Luke character they're setting off at the distance. Yeah. Will you make... Make me care about the character your fucking show is about first, please. There's one good episode yes. where Ahsoka has the fucking flashback and we feel for her. The rest of it, what the fuck? You don't have to nod, you don't have to smile, you don't have to agree. Um, you said nothing. I am... Um, I watched those first two episodes in the theater. I enjoyed it for the spectacle of going to the cinema for it. And I didn't watch the rest of the season. <laughs> so, if that doesn't say it, I don't know what else will. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's on my list. I'll say that. Hmm. <laughs> are there are there any other? So look, I think we've addressed click and collect. We're coming up on an hour and a half. I think that's a great length for a podcast episode. Yep. Is there anything else in your sort of Christmas watch list? What do you what do you watch? I mean, like everyone said Die Hard, but they've been saying Die Hard to death, and I've been watching Die Hard every Christmas since 1995. So what what what's on your list? God, I actually don't like. I think so. My wife is German and will be heading back to Germany for um, a couple of weeks. And so I'll have like the house to myself. And I think I'm going to use it. Yeah, pretty like no clothes, no laundry, same pair of pants for days. I don't don't need pants. I'm not going to be getting dressed. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll subsist on terrible food. Um, I'll probably forget to eat some days. Uh, but I think I'm just going to actually finally get around to watching, like, I want to finish watching Invincible, um, catch up, uh, you know, finish the Scott Pilgrim. I don't have a go-to Christmas movie mm-hmm. or anything like that. There's um, there's certain things, like, if they're on, I'll, like, gladly watch. I think, you know, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, I'll gladly watch. I'll 100% watch Die Hard. If, I, if it comes up, I have a Die Hard Christmas jumper like it's nice. you know oh, it, it's a yeah um so i mean but like there's not there's nothing i don't have any kind of like rituals around like cool. oh it's saint stephen's day i'm gonna watch this film yeah it's kind of more just like you know if something is on you know back into the days of tv it would have been like yeah cool stick on whatever's on tv whatever the rte christmas movie is yeah. Cool, I'll watch that. Problem is, these days it's Harry Potter or Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. You know, it's like, what happened to fucking... If it's in Technicolor, I'll watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, I love an old seasonal movie, but I I keep ranting about that. Um, Yeah, so... uh, And then, no, I will watch... um, Oh, my wife's going to kill me. We'll probably... There's this German tradition of a show i can't remember the name of the show i I might send you a voice message afterwards so you can put it in it's called and you can (laughs) it's basically this it's every new year's eve it's shown in germany and it's like a seven or eight minute sketch of and it's called like the same for one is it yes yes that is the one yeah um that is a a dutch woman (laughs) that is a huge thing um yeah, maybe it's just a continental Europe thing. Because, <laughs> like, it's 
it's in English as well. So it's not even like <laughs> like I don't know why they watch it or why it's a big thing. So I'll I will end up watching that for sure. Um but yeah, other than that, I'll kind of finally kind of use some time to uh as I said earlier on, my wife like um watches TV and stuff way more than I do. So I end up kind of just I'll be playing a game on my laptop, osmosing what she's watching. Um so I'll kind of use this time to be like, okay, the TV's mine now. Um, mm. I'm going to watch whatever random stuff I want to. And that'll probably be kind of generally, I've heard great things about Blue Eye Samurai. Um, yeah. I can't stop talking about it. I, I, <laughs> I didn't, like, I'm so used to Netflix mediocrity at this point that to see yeah. something that is exceptional, I, I, I can't stop talking about it. I, I would love to work on it. I don't even know how to begin to do that. I'm so fucking withdrawn from the animation industry. At this, I see like live action reference footage. I see fucking CG texture artists. I see all of these people, and I'm really in a position where like I think like I can t- I can take your coats when you come in in the morning. I just want to be near <laughs> this fucking production. Like this is so fucking good, and it's so perfectly set up for three solid seasons. Um, okay, nice. She's trying to kill the four white men that were in Japan when she was born. One of them sired her and made her life hell as a half-breed. And hmm. so one's already dead, but we're going to see her kill the other four, and we'll probably learn what happened to the first one as the narrative goes as well. And it's like, That's it's cool. It's so perfectly set up for three seasons. It's it's beautiful. Sorry, I can't stop talking about it. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's probably on my, on my list. Other than that, I'll probably just... Yeah, I'll see whatever is there. Is, is there anything that you would recommend as someone who obviously watches a lot of stuff to someone who doesn't watch nearly Holy as shit. much stuff. Um, if there was like one thing like, oh, you got to go, you got to watch this Christmas film. See, Christmas stuff, I, I love, I love so much of it. I'm a big Christmas nerd. I love the vibe on a Christmas day. It's always like just sitting around with family and it's like, it's yeah. fine. But like, like go into like, comedy like there's so much comedy shows in dublin this this week and next week and the week after between mm-hmm. um there's the giggles comedy fucking christmas party tomorrow they're in the same place barrel on baggett street there's the the ring-a-ding-ding frank sinatra christmas special which is just a bunch of characters somebody's playing frank sinatra and like it's a whole <laughs> sketch show it's great um there's a uh, a group called um Cool Baby have a show on the 14th. Mob have a show on the 15th where I'm doing Dungeons and Naggins. The Bag of Cats, of course, have their show on the 15th. I'm just trying to plug all the comedy. Ghost Stories, yeah. it's sold out. It's a one, like, it's a great fucking Christmas. Ghost it's Stories great. are great. I saw them, them in Smock Alley. Yeah. Oh, they're they're amazing. That was, um, but yeah, they're sold out. Um, so keep an eye out for Ghost Stories. Movie-wise, I'll watch any version of A Christmas Carol. There was one day where I watched four versions of A Christmas Carol. Oh, my God. I was just, and by that point, I was just like, I have compared a lot. Of, I, I saw Patrick Stewart... Uh, um, George C. Scott, Albert Finney, and uh, Kelsey Grammer do it. Kelsey Grammer was, was dog shit. Um, okay. Because he was clearly cribbing off of Finney's older man with a posture issue. But Finney played it like, I, I'm an old man, I've got a back issue. He, he, like, he played it the whole way through. But whenever Grammer got indignant or energetic, he would just come up straight again. And it's like, well, that's... Yeah. Um, hmm. Scrooged, Bill Murray... If you've oh yes. if you've not seen that one, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. But it's yeah, so good. I love it so much. Um, uh, some like it hot. We talked about it with Madeline last week. Um, anything Billy Wilder directed, you know, like it's a wonderful okay. life. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful life. The apartment. You start seeing the war movies. You know, like um, yeah, Singing in the Rain is usually on. Like I love all of this stuff. The Lighthouse Theater is playing 
great stuff this season as well. One of the things that I'm going to this on the 16th is a movie called The Shop Around the Corner with Jimmy Stewart. And it's, um, it's like, I think it's 1940 be 43. It's old as fuck, basically, is what I'm getting at. Okay. <laughs> they remade it in the 90s as You've Got Mail with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. And that's yes. like my favorite rom-com. I don't know why. I just love Tom Hanks. But I, I've watched that movie a lot. And I was like, hey, they're showing the original. I've never seen it. Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. I love Jimmy Stewart. Um, mm. So basically, fucking Grinch. You know, the, the Grinch is great. The Santa Claus. Don't watch three Santa Claus movies in two seasons of The Clauses. Don't do that. <laughs> um, Elf. I mean, there's just so much stuff in this world of things yeah, to play with. There is. If you love an action movie, take any Shane Black movie. They're all set at Christmas. Lethal Weapon 1, Predators, or The Predator. Um, he set that at fucking Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Have you ever seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No. Okay, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a suggestion then. It's, okay, I'll, okay, I'll take that as my homework. I've, I've, <laughs> I've said a lot of fucking words over the you last have. Year, <laughs> And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think, was 2006... Right okay. when Robbie Downey Jr. was uninsurable at the fucking bottom of his fucking career. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. He, you know, just coming out of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, everything else. I think it's 2006. Um, it's set at Christmas. He plays a fucking, like, a, a heist man. He's a criminal. He's just knocking over fucking toy shops around Christmas time. Does this sound familiar? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've watched it or I just, I've heard of it. But yeah, it sounds familiar. He's running from the police and he runs into a building in New York and it's a fucking, uh, like, it's a videotaping or like a, a, a what's the word? Um, oh, God. I, I like can't a remember. filming? It's an audition. It's a, like, it's, it's, oh, it's an okay, audition yeah. to tape for a role in a movie. And he gets mm-hmm. cornered and they start asking him questions and he starts answering them. And they just go, wow, we love this energy. We love it. Wow, this is perfect. We're going to send you to L.A. We're going to cast you in the role. We're going to put you with a, a consultant. You're going to be playing this private detective. Val Kilmer is the private detective. Okay. And like Val Kilmer hadn't done anything in fucking ages either. And he's playing yes. like gay Barry, I think is what they call him. I, I can't remember. Like, And he's just an acerbic fucking asshole every step of the way. Robert Downey Jr. is off kilter. And it just turns into a film noir. He gets tied up in some real shit. There's a lot of gunplay. Um, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Um, I will I will watch that film. That's, that's the recommendation. Um, like everything that happened with Shane Black after the fact... Ultimately and unfortunately, kind of fuck that guy. Um, is that fair? I don't know. He like like there's a reason that Shane Black directed Iron Man three, and it's because Robert Downey Jr. was trying to redeem his friend who redeemed him. Mm. So it was a little fair. cycle thing, you know. It's like he said the wrong thing mm. at one point and kind of got blacklisted for a minute. Um, uh, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is fun. That's my recommendation if you've never seen it. There you go. It's not even straight Christmassy. It's a cool film noir thing. Cool. There you go. I will. Thank you for that recommendation. No worries. Is there anything you want to plug before we jump off? Do it explicitly. Yeah. Um, my main thing is Heartfire Tales. Uh, it's a three-man project. Myself, Jim, uh, also of parkour and free-running fame. Sensei Bob. Uh, and Sensei Bob and our our friend, our American friend, Ryan. We put an incredible amount of time, effort, energy, money blood sweat and tears into this project uh and it's something that we money more than the tears that hurts (laughs) (laughs) we are incredible incredibly passionate and energetic about it we have been doing it consistently for um you know two years now we we birthed the idea and accepted the idea like three years ago 
we kind of waited until the pandemic settled and kind of just since then it's been such a big part of our lives and we we've genuinely done very very good things with it you know as i said earlier we've we put on a sold out show in smokality uh we've done live shows at dublin comic-con at adventure con we're going to other conventions this year we've been invited to do things like wait helped promote the D&D movie in Ireland. We've, mm. you know, Hasbro have sent us out figurines to promote. Um, you know, we are... There's there's one more thing there. But yeah, we've basically... We've done a lot. And like, we, we're constantly upgrading and trying to like be the best kind of, you know, podcasters and entra- entertainers that we can be. Ryan now writes and composes music to score the episodes that's amazing um like so much work goes into these in, into everything we do and we're we're good you know like we we're getting a following um like we've just launched a patreon like we only have a handful of patrons but the fact that there's people out there willing people to give willing us their pay. money that's great uh, we, we're like this is like this is the dream and you know i think it's even if you're not into D and you just like comedy and storytelling it's it's good. You don't have to be like a, a an aficionado for the rules or anything like that. That doesn't really matter. There's most of the episodes. It's just us role playing and improving around things. It's me setting up a scene and the guys fucking with me, you know, <laughs> like um, and it's fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely check that out if you're into LARP, so live action role playing. Check out Fake Swords and Real Feelings. Um, where me and Jim. Uh, go to Empire LARP, which is a massive LARP uh, four times a year over in England. And we kind of make videos around that, which are chaotic and fun. And uh, yeah, but those two kind of things are the main ones. And if you're into uh, D&D or TTRPGs, we also kind of on the back of working with Dublin Comic Con, so many people came to us and were like, hey, we've, you know, maybe I'm just new to the area and I can't find a game or I'm new to Ireland and can't find a game or, you know... I had a game group and then we kind of fell out and now I've kind of, I want D&D to be a bigger part of my life. So we set up like a big Discord server. We have like 650 members at the moment at time of recording and like it's a cool place to hang out and meet other like-minded people. We've got the kind of like a wide variety of uh, of people there. So uh, come join that, hang out. And yeah, that'll do. Hearthfire that'll Tales. Do. That's great. <laughs> Main that, thing. That's, uh, is, that, is that just Hearthfire Tales on Instagram? Uh, on Instagram, we are Hearthfire Tales Pod. On Twitter, we are Hearthfire T. And uh, we're also Hearthfire Tales on Blue Sky um, because Twitter is run by a fascist. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> hope you don't mind me saying that, but it's not true. wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. He's um, something. He's something. Uh, if you still use Facebook, we're also on Facebook, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, Instagram is kind of where we're most active. Uh, Tales Pod. I'm, I'm sure you'll be uh, open to me giving you a link that you can put in the show description. 100%, where everything, 100%. where everything will be. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Dylan. Thank um, you so much for having me. Have a good Christmas. Thanks. Tell me how to get promo work. I need sponsorship. I need to make this my <laughs> life. Help. <laughs>